Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jarrett, and I am here with the omnipotent Rob Hill Williams. I know all. <laughs> yes, today is a special edition, so it's a little treat for you. Um, actually, you're kind of our test subjects here because the whole purpose behind this special edition podcast is that uh, we want to try out an idea that we had. Um, this is a concept podcast, which is basically it's a it's topic based. It's going to be one topic, and we're going to talk for about eh, twenty to thirty minutes, hopefully. You know we have problems with timing because we're always trying to aim for the mash cast to be underneath an hour. Never happens. But this one, we're pretty sure, will get you out of here in 30 minutes. We can do this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm Thank- over it. <laughs> yes. It will be so. <laughs> This is what we waste time with, doing this stuff. But this yes. Is, this is the fun parts, though. <laughs> but this is why the MASHcast is so great. But, uh, yeah, so uh, basically, this, like I said, this is a concept pop- podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about a specific topic. Um, today's topic is going to be piracy. And, uh, you know, we're just going to, I guess, give it, a, give it a good going and, uh, you know, talk about a couple of issues dealing with piracy, like, you know, reasons for piracy, effect on the industry, you know, things like that. And uh, it's very important to us that you guys let us know how you like it. Uh, because if you don't like it, then we won't do it. If you like it but you want to see some changes, we'll make the changes and then we'll go forward with the new podcast. Unless uh, the changes are stupid. Yes, unless, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless your changes are stupid. So, But if you want one of us like wearing a chicken hat or something, we may be able to make that happen. Yeah, you def- can't see us anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely doable. Definitely doable. Uh, but you know we're gonna stop wasting time here, and we're just gonna get started. And when I'm in thirty minutes, it didn't include what I just talked about. Okay, so forget all that. Let's not get ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So like I said, today's topic is piracy. Court is um, now in session. Yes. Yes. Um, pir- everybody knows what piracy is. If you don't, I'm gonna tell you. It's you know when you steal video games, when you download a game illegally. Um, either way, you're playing a game that you didn't pay for. That's that's piracy. Well, you know, it's not like if you you went to a friend's house and then played it, but you know what I mean. Um, piracy is a, is a big driving force in the industry. Uh, some developers and publishers blame low sales on piracy. Um, we've seen some developers uh, go bankrupt and have to close because of piracy, you know, they say. Uh, so we're here to explore the topic and find out what, to, you know, what the real deal is. Like, is piracy to blame for, you know, a lot of these things? Is piracy killing the industry like some an- analysts or developers or publishers want you to think it is? Or is it just them making excuses for making poor games? Okay. Uh, but we're going to start with the reasons why people pirate, which is pretty self-explanatory. Um I personally, I, I, I break it into three types of people. And I'll, I'll go first, and Rob, you can tell me if you agree or disagree with this. Yeah, sure. But um, there's people who pirate um, because they don't want to pay for it. So they don't want to pay for anything. They just want to take it and play it, and then that's going to be that. Um, there's people who pirate because they want to try the game before they buy the game, and the demo wasn't enough for them. 
And there's and I I'm not casting uh judgments on anybody yet. <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> there's also people who pirate um because they well I should say they they pirate because they want to get it for free, but they also they have the money to buy the game. So if they can't find the downloadable copy of it, they'll just buy it. You know. Um and I have something to say about those people later on. But, uh, you yeah, know, so those are the three types of people I break it up into. Um, those who just pirate everything, don't want to, you know, pirate everything, um, don't want to pay for it, or can't pay for it, I should say. So let's so let's change that. Let's say can't pay for it. You know, they can't afford it, so they pirate it. Then you have the people who, um, you know, want to try it before they buy it. You have the people who have the money, but they just don't want to pay for anything. Um, Rob, what other reasons do you think? I think that covers it pretty well. I mean, most people fall into one of those categories. I mean, I don't think that there's any, like, fourth category of ignorance or anything where people aren't aware that people sell the games or something like that. I I don't think that works that way. Um, I think that the only other uh, subset, maybe, of piracy is people who willingly try and make a profit off of pirating games. Um, Like, when you see, like... And maybe it happens less for video games, but it, I'm sure it happens as much for... In fact, I know it happens as much for video games as it does for DVDs and things of that nature. But, like, say, like, Hong Kong publishers who, like, pirate, you know, illegal copies of the game and make, you know, cheap copies of them and sell them for $5 on, like, eBay or something like that. Um, you know, people may think that they're buying, you know, purchasing an actual game or, or maybe they're just, you know, they're ignorant and they don't know that they're not purchasing a game from the real distributor. Like, oh, man, this is a great deal. Not realizing that all you're doing is giving money to some guy somewhere in a basement who is, you know, printing off DVD copies of a game or something that costs him nothing to make. And he's making money off of you doing it. So there's the people who do it literally to make a profit illegally. That that may be, I, I think it's... I, I, can't, I can't even say it's a smaller section than the other three, but I think it's another set. But I think uh, the other three really cover the, the general normal person pretty well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, didn't, I really didn't even think of it from that aspect because uh, most of the time when, when you see piracy, I mean, uh, like, for example, PC piracy. Like, nobody's selling pirated copies of PC games. You, know, you find them on BitTorrent. You find them on, you know, uh, IRC, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but even for like the 360 and the PS3, I really haven't seen or heard of anyone selling illegal copies of the games. I've seen people who mod Xboxes and mod PS3s so that you right. can download these games and play them that way. Yeah, you know they, they get... sell that service as well, which I think also that counts really. I mean, you think about it because <laughs> uh, you're enabling it to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, you're an enabler, so yeah, I can see. Uh, how that can be an issue, but um, like, like I said, reasons for piracy are obvious. Um, you know the so, some some reasons they they blur the line. Like you know the people who want to try it really good before they buy it. You know um, that is uh, I can kind of see that. Um, I guess an example of something like that I have how I can kind of relate to that is that like for example, um, Lord of the Rings, like the, the movies when it came out. Mm. I did not go to the movie immediately to see the first one. Okay. I downloaded the first one. But I watched the first like half hour of it and I'm like, this movie is awesome and I went to go see it in the movie theater. 
Right, because you don't necessarily want to watch. There's certain things you don't want to sit there and watch on a computer screen. <laughs> exactly. But I'm saying that's just an example of, like, you know, some of the people, like, you know, they, they get some of these games and, you know, because almost every game that comes out, the first, if it's, a, if, it's, if it's even a decent game, the first hour of that game is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, you'll you know? get a you'll get a good idea if you want that game or not um, so. within that first hour. I, and I think that uh, a lot of reason that you see people say like, "Oh, I'll I'll, I'll I want to try the game before I buy it," is that a lot. Of, and I think it's more prevalent now, maybe or maybe it's not. I don't know. It's kind of one of those weird shaky middle grounds because like there's so much more digital um, distribution as far as demos and things like that with Xbox Live and PlayStation Network and Steam. Um, but a lot of games there just aren't demos for. And and sometimes it's like higher profile games too. I mean like when's the last time a Call of Duty game had a demo? That you know, stuff along that nature. Modern so, Warfare. I think Modern Warfare was the last demo that they had. Yeah. So, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two didn't have a demo. They no, definitely they definitely Warfare. didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that, and plus on top of that, there's so many games that you get that are rated high. <laughs> you know, the review is rated <laughs> high, and has all this hype, and then you get the games like, oh, pff, this thing sucks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you're expecting so much, and then you get it, and it, and it kind of sucks. Or you get it, and it's a Call of Duty clone, or it's a Gears of War clone. You know, stuff like that. Like a lot of a lot of games are cash grabs. You know, by you know a move made by the publishers to grab some cash. So I can definitely see somebody really wanting to try a game, like really try the game before they buy it. Um, there's actually what well, we talked about in a, in, a, in a mash cast, but I'm trying to think of the name of the service. I just thought of it out of that just now. The name of the service with the streaming games that you can try, like the long demos from GDC. Do you remember the name of that service? Right? Oh man, why can I not think of that? <laughs> <laughs> We're bad. <It> terrible people. <laughs> terrible people. Yeah, I will. I will. You know, I will look for that and I will find it later. You know, so we don't have to deal with that right now. But um, I think there's some remedies coming out for that type of piracy. But we'll we'll get into that later once I actually find the name. Um, but let's talk about let's just move into the effects on the industry. And I think this this topic is a lot broader than people think it is. Um, because when you think piracy is effect on the industry, you think okay. At the at the extremes, you think it does nothing, or it causes studios to close down, and that's pretty much all you really think about on the extremes. But there's a lot more than that, you know. Like you know, th- those things do happen. Watch well, those things do happen. But you know, some studios do go bankrupt because they're not making their money back um, off of the games. You know, um, a case would be, and this is not a case of piracy, but uh, look at Bizarre. They did not make, well, I should say Activision didn't make the money back that I was expecting on Blur and Bloodstone. And not because of piracy, but they just didn't make that money back. And look what happened to Bizarre. Bizarre got closed. The same thing can happen with piracy. You were going to say something? Oh, no, no, no. No, I, uh, just, I was just agreeing because, yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there's, um, you know, there's that effect. There's also the effect of um, maybe the studio may not close, but a series may get abandoned. And it may be a good series, 
uh, game series with a specific type of gameplay that you like, and because it was pirated so much, and then they get their money back. And once again, this can also happen just because it didn't sell well, so you can't blame it all on piracy, but piracy could be a reason that that series does not go forward anymore. You yeah, know, because I can't, I can't think of any specific examples of a game being pirated so heavily that it destroyed the game. But right. it's always a factor. Yes, it, it definitely could happen. We're not saying that that's that's it, but it could happen. Yeah. Um, you also have um, developers and publishers that will maybe um, switch platforms. Like you know, if they were a PC developer, uh, and I can I can definitely bring up Epic for regarding this Epic Games. If they're a PC developer, they uh, may now decide to 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 go the console route. And while consoles can be pirated, it's definitely not as heavily as PC. Okay. Um, And this, I'm going to bring it up now, but we're probably going to come back around to it later. Gears 2 never made it to PC because of, and I'm putting quotations on this, how pirated Unreal Tournament 3 was. Um, Epic says. Epic says Unreal Tournament 3 was heavily pirated, so therefore it's not going to bring Gears 2 to PC because the PC community just pirates games. Um, but that's just an example. Um, that was their perception of the situation. I'm going to definitely tell you why that's wrong later. <laughs> but um, th- that is uh, that is one perception. So, you know, you have game developers that or and publishers that may decide... Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna switch platforms and go to a more secure platform or a platform where we can make more money. And you know, I guess speaking on this, the same money tip is that instead of making being creative with games and uh, making games for like let's say the hardcore crowd, uh, developers may actually start to go for cash grabs. They may go for a more casual audience or a broader audience um, that may not necessarily be well known for pirating you know like you know the average the casual gamer i can it doesn't really pirate you know especially if it's a console yeah, and a lot of casual. them don't have the the expertise i guess you could say to pirate either i mean if you if you don't if you barely know anything about your computer or you barely know how to like work a computer how able are you going to be to go on and you know get a torrent and download a game and find a key cracker or or, you know do any of those things like if you don't know that much you don't so you're like oh it's five dollars that sounds great you know like if you're a casual gamer and they they love that (laughs) it's better than you know all of us knowledgeable gamers who even if you don't know even if you don't pirate you know how to pirate so i mean yeah they, and they know that. <laughs> so you're kind of the enemy in a certain respect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now, I guess one of the... I can bring up a positive thing about piracy. And some people say there's no positives to piracy in terms of effect on the industry, okay? Um, and this is me speaking from experience. I would not be as into gaming as I was today, as I am today. If it wasn't for piracy. And this is why. Um, you know, when I was younger, I had the systems. I had Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, uh, Nintendo 64, PlayStation, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But you only have so many games, right? You know, it's me and my mom. I don't have a job. So my mom's paying for the games. She's only going to buy so many games. Now, I got a Dreamcast. Okay. <laughs> back, when it, back when it came out. I bought two Dreamcast games, but I had over 300. 
and that was because of how easy it was to burn <laughs> games. <laughs> you killed the Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've always blamed Peter more for a terrible PR campaign, but it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> whole damn library. <laughs> <laughs> but his, I'm an, I, I sat in that category of pirates, that pirate because you couldn't afford it. So cut me a little slack, okay? <laughs> but, um, okay, so that was me back then, okay? And that really pulled me into gaming. I played so many games that I would never had a chance to play, so, experimented with so many genres, kind of like music. Like, my music horizon expanded drastically when the MP3, you know, first came out. And I'm talking about I was doing dealing with MP3s back when you had to do FTP. Like, do you remember that, Rob? Oh yeah, yeah. The ra- like F- when, FTP ratios and all that, all that garbage. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree on the on the music side. Like video games, like I've never, like I've never pirated a console game. That's not me just saying that. But I probably wouldn't be as into PC gaming if I if I if piracy wasn't as prevalent as it was because it's the way I played a lot of games when you know same situation when I was younger and I didn't really have any options. Um, you know, like I've played console games, but even then it's not a whole lot of games. And then you hear about something on PC and you're like, well, I don't have the money to buy that or even know where to get it. Or, you know, like parents don't know anything about a computer. Um, but you know, pirating on PC, that's, you know, the reason that, I mean, I became a legitimate PC player. So I, I mean, yeah, I mean like and it's like, it's one of those things. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of gamers can relate to that situation where, because of the, your situation, you don't have the ability to, uh, you know, I mean, there's a difference between, like, just being greedy in a certain respect. Like, I just want to play everything that I can't afford, and I'm trying to live outside of my means, so I want to pirate everything, um, versus there's some, like, I really want to play this new Legend of Zelda, or I really want to play, like, this Grand Theft Auto, or or whatever the game is. And you just literally can't afford to because you're a kid, you're in high school, or you know you're in some you know a middle school or something like that, and you have no other option. Like I think a lot of gamers can relate to having that situation where that's the that's your only option, and that's and that's one of the reasons that you know you continue to be a fan because you can you have the ability to keep playing them, and then later on you're one of those people who's a lifelong fan and you buy every Final Fantasy, you buy every Zelda, you buy, you know, like, you you promote the industry, but at first, you know, they would have... it? Technically, you're, yeah, technically you're, you're a pirate, so... Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, and we're, we're going to get more into this a little later about the lost sale thing, I wasn't a lost sale simply because I wasn't going to buy it anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? However... I was exposed to it, and I, you know, all those different games, and it, it 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 got me hungry, well, even more hungry for video games, and playing the different genres and exploring new types of games. And if you look back then, which is you know ninety nine, you know forward, not you know not even over a decade later, but like you know, let's say I don't know, I think I started working at a Best Buy and like. 2002, and from 2002 on, like, well, I shouldn't say I stopped pirating games in 2002. My piracy definitely decreased when I got a job because the thing is, like, it's so much easier to just have a licensed copy of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, instead of playing Call of Duty, uh, which has a great multiplayer, you know, Call of Duty was came out around that time, um, the original. So instead of playing Call of Duty and struggling to stay online, not get banned. 
you know, dealing with the game bugs from the cracks. You just buy a copy and you have a key and boom, you're done. You know what I'm saying? It's it's so much easier. So, you know, I really started buying games when I got, you know, like one of my first jobs um, at Best Buy or... I worked at Acme before that, which that doesn't pay that well. But <laughs> for, for anybody looking for a job, <laughs> but um, and this is back when the world was young, you know. Yeah, like a decade ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, like you know, I, you know, I started buying games then, and then by I would say by 2004, I was no longer pirating games. I was buying games with my own money, and now I don't. I am a power buyer. I mean, I spend thousands of dollars in games a year. It's a little it, well, th- you would have been there unless you had started out by pirating stuff to try and, you know, get more, you know, love for the industry, really. Exactly. Like, you know, this I mean, how much do I love games or specific games that there was only one game that made me buy a PSP and that was uh Peace Walker. You know what I'm saying? So I spent two hundred dollars, actually two hundred fifty dollars, just for a game. One, you know, one single game. You know what I'm saying? Basically, yeah. Same reason I got my PS3. Like I didn't get a PS3 until Metal Gear Solid 4 came out. One game. It was but, a good reason to get one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like now, like you know, I I definitely definitely support the industry, and I'm not even. I don't even want to think about how much money I spend on Steam on a regular basis, you know, and it's not just major titles, it's indie titles, it's like, I, you know, dollar I see these... Dollar here, dollar there, five yeah. bucks, ten bucks, and you're like, ah, oh, it's not bad. Exactly. It, it's just to play. And the next thing is like, now I'm supporting the industry, the industry I leached off of, now I'm giving a lot back to, you know, so, in terms of good points for piracy, like, that is, I think, a good, a, a good effect that it has on the industry. Yeah, it's hard to prove that, but I mean, like I said, I think that there's enough, you talk to an average gamer who, you know, is legit, I guess you could say now, and they, you know, they buy their games, you know, they're adults, they have jobs now, because, you know, we've all grown up, like, the the game industry has grown up in a large part, Um, and we have jobs, and, you know, you got other responsibilities, but you still like games, and how many of them probably at some point pirated something because they... You know, they simply just didn't, when they were younger, didn't have the ability or didn't have the, the means to be able to buy those games. Not everybody is that fortunate. And, you know, it's hard to prove. You know, you can't say piracy makes a 12-year-old kid into a 30-year-old power buyer for games or something along those lines. You can't say that, but it's definitely there. And it's definitely prevalent enough that I, I agree. Like, I mean, I, I think that's the one positive that you can, you know, if... You know, if as long as you are aware that it's you know not necessarily right, but it's like your only option, that doesn't make it right. But when you're a kid, you know, there's a little bit of a gray area. Um, I mean, you can also totally flip that around and say it's the same thing that you, know, you start off as a kid and you're pirating stuff, and then you're a 30 year old and you're pirating everything because hell, why not? Because you can get it off for free. What's the point? And but I think that those, you know. You can't say one way or the other, but I mean, it's definitely a possible good effect is being that person that grows up to, you know, love games because you had the ability to actually play different stuff. Yeah. And keep, you know, supporting what you did love once you were able to, basically. I mean, the first thing, uh, you know, much the same. First thing I did when I got my first paycheck from my job was go and buy PS2. So, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, 
same stuff, really. Yeah. I just want to make a quick side note. I am not 30, by the way. I, yes, I was a general. <laughs> it was not me stating yeah. Jared's age. God Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I guess that was one of the, the positive points. And I guess this next point is not, I guess, well, this is definitely a negative. I'll skip to, I'll do this one first. DRM. Um, d- d- piracy has definitely affected the industry to the point where they're they're putting counter piracy devi- you know devices or software on their games. Um, the reason why this is a negative is because for the most part it doesn't deter the pirates. It just cripples the the, uh, the legit buyers. Um, you know, basically like pirates will rip the DRM out and then. They will, you know, then they'll play the game. They but, can, yeah, the pirates are the ones who get around the DRM. Basically. Exactly. For the most part, you know, no, the, any countermeasures that are put in place to stop pirating are usually not there. And this is, it's really more heavily PC in this respect because, I, I mean, really, are we just going to jump around to it? <laughs> because I don't want to talk about it too much. But I mean, uh, Especially uh, Ubisoft was a big one. The EA also did it too. Um, but they had like always online measures for their. That was how they did their DRM for certain games. Um, and it, like Assassin's Creed Two was a was a big one actually, where um, like people were you know, it, it's more relevant now to have something that's always online because typically you are always online, but it's not perfect. I mean Comcast and Verizon, whoever you use, you're going to have outages. You're going to have, you know, moments where your internet blips out for no particular reason, router goes down. You know, it's not perfect. Like, we're more connected now than we were 15 years ago, but we're not connected all the time. It's not like we're walking around with a Wi-Fi in our head. Um, so it's still, it's still punishing to somebody to have them to say, you need to be online to play this game. Even if you're not playing online, you need to be online to play it. And then have a random outage occur, and the game to say, "Oh, you're not online now. Must be pirating," and you to lose you to lose what you were doing. Uh, I mean, like I had tons of cases where that happened. And then, God forbid, you have a blackout, or you move, or you take your laptop somewhere where you don't have an internet connection, and you want to play something, you can't. Like you, you're literally SOL. But you're the guy who paid fifty or sixty dollars for that game, whereas the guy who pirated it. Is running around doing whatever he wants with. <laughs> yeah, laughing at that's, us. <laughs> yeah, and that's the and that's the downside. You, it almost always succeeds in only hurting people who legitimately buy your game, not the other way around. It it does not stop people from pirating. Yeah, it was there was tons of horror, stories, especially with Assassin's Creed Two, where people were like I was online, you know, I'm streaming like music, and then I lose a, a connection to the Assassin's Creed server. You know, or actually, personal example: Borderlands had um, Secure ROM on it. I border, Borderlands, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I <that>? yeah. <laughs> um, I uninstalled Borderlands. It took me an hour and a half because Secure ROM would not uninstall, and I had to you know do Google searches and do all this different stuff to get rid of it, and that says a lot because. I'm a computer engineer. <laughs> you know, that's what I do for work. And I'm having all this trouble getting rid of this, this, this one application on my home PC. So I can only imagine for the average person that 
this is a this that that could have been a, a big problem where it would be the problem would have just stayed on the system. And in my particular case, um, if I would just let it go, the next time I tried to install a secure ROM game, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it. You know, so DRM is just bad news. Luckily, we do see more and more developers moving away from DRM. Uh, even um, Ubisoft now is saying that they are going to get uh, starting to push away from DRM, which is um, good. They, in fact, in in that respect, the game industry is kind of behind. I mean, music industry tried that for you know years to to no effect. It was the same thing. It was literally the same same exact scenario uh they tried to use drm and restrict people who bought music from you know putting it on other devices or you know you you weren't able, you you bought the music but it wasn't yours and all it did was hurt people who bought it and the music industry you know finally basically threw up its hands and said it's not doing anything um and then the video game industry kind of like a few years behind it, like kind of following in that same wake, realized that, you know, like, oh, piracy is hurting us. We need to do something about it. Tried the same thing to the same effect. And it's the same story. You know, now they're realizing, like, it's not really stopping anybody from pirating anything. And all we do, all we have is angry customers that bought a game. So it makes good sense that they're pushing away from it. And they need to because it's not, it doesn't do anything, as yeah. we already said. <laughs> There was actually an interesting article from a developer from Stardock. Um, people may know them. There's two things they're really known for. Uh, one, they are a game dev, but at the same time, they also make Windows desktop enhancement software. Like, you ever hear of Windows blinds or anything like that? Object Dock? Yeah. Okay, so they make that too. Um, so they know a lot about piracy. <laughs> they know a lot about it because they make two types of software. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, made, he, wrote, he wrote this article. And he was talking about uh, he was talking about piracy in general and what they do to stop piracy. Which, technically speaking, like from a from a, a software perspective, of them actively trying to stop piracy, they don't do it. There's no DRM on their game. So um, the, the example he gave was Sins of a Solar Empire back in 2008. No DRM sold 200,000 units in the first month and was one of the it was one of the highest P- rated PC games of the year and one of the best selling PC games of the year. Um, he gave some numbers regarding sales and they definitely definitely made their money back on that game. Okay, so you know he was saying the reason why they were able to do this is because uh, of the mentality they have when making games. He says that most he said, let's say this. He feels that a lot of game developers want to be like rock stars. Like they want to make the cool game and get into the magazines and, you know, uh, get into on to the front page of IGN and Joystick and Kotaku and mash those buttons, you know. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> That's right. We're up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, they, they want to they do all this stuff and have all this flair. He was saying, uh, they, he said that, he made a joke, I'm, I'm positive he didn't do this, but he said he had to go at, mow edit, editors' lawns to make, the, to have them cover his game. Uh, you know, they, they, they didn't get, 
too much press coverage. They got more press coverage a little bit later on, especially with Sins of Soul Empire, but they also have another game called Galactic Civilizations 2, which there's a quite, there's a strong possibility nobody listening to this has ever heard of that game, <laughs> but I have, and I played it, it's a really good game, and so is Sins. But, um, you know, you're saying they didn't get a lot of press, you know, didn't get a, a lot of publicity, not a whole lot of flair. And he said that's because they didn't make the game to be cool. They made the game to be profitable. Okay. Um, that is good and bad because, I mean, it's good because they made their money back or made their money on it. But it also, it's a, it could be a bad mindset because that's how games that are cash grabs you know, start. And then, you know, sometimes the gamers kind of feel like they've been cheated because it was just a, a, a cash grab. I mean, luckily for them, for Stardock, both Galactic Civilizations and Sins of Soul Empire, they were both good games. Okay? And the way they were able to do that is that instead of having the mindset of trying to develop games for a hardcore gamer, or for um, the general populace, or even for even trying to make a game that makes pirates want to buy it. Like, oh, this game is so cool, I'm going to buy it. They didn't even do that. He says when they came, when uh, when they went into their meetings and they were planning for the game, um, the opinions of pirates did not count. <laughs> okay, he said they didn't even think about pirates. He said what they thought about were the people who were going to buy it. Um, so they they took their target demographic and they're like these are the type of people we're targeting. What can we put into the game to make them buy it? Okay, and it may sound, I guess it may sound a little short-sighted or or a little uh, a little small because they're not going for a broader audience. But it worked out well for them. The game was very profitable for them. You know, and unfortunately, I mean, not even unfortunately. I mean, like in a way, you could say like, well, that's terrible. You know, they're. They're not really expending real effort, you know. They're just looking at trying to exploit a, you know, a customer base and just put stuff into a game that they like. They're not actually being creative or making something naturally. But at the same time, like it is a business, and it, it, they can make you know the most amazing game in the universe and have it you know be filled with innovations. And if it doesn't sell, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. it, it gets swept under a rug somewhere and forgotten, and you know somebody may talk about it fondly at a barbecue somewhere. But I mean, that's not that didn't keep the you know the studio open, and the, you know it, it's like I always say, like everybody gets kind of like aghast when you talk about video games, like what it is, which is a business. Um, yeah, there's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of you know unique ideas and things that are floating around, and a lot of crazy things that you know we never see. Um, that take place in video games but it's a business so you have to make do with what you have and if you know the people you might like to make games for aren't buying your game (laughs) then you got to deal with who is buying your game and you know and that's and that's how you get them to buy it you you know you look at the things that work in that market versus what doesn't i mean what else do they say in fact when they talked about you know how they target the uh the user base they said that they they don't make games targeting the chinese market at all yeah and i don't know anybody that does but there's a big reason for that like piracy is huge in china and like for any any and everything not just video games but for music movies everything so you know, he said, uh, if we if we spent $10 million on a PC game specifically for the Chinese market and we lost our shirts, would you really feel much sympathy for us? Or would you think, duh, 
you'd think, duh, because who does that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that's you're asking for it. Um, and he said, you know, he 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 he's a big game fan. He's not like a suit that makes games. You know, he's not like uh, you know Bobby Kotick from Activision. He's actually a gamer, and he said there's tons of games that he could think to make that will be fun and that will be cool. But then I'll quote him. He says the hard part is coming up with a game that can actually make. That, that you know, we can make that will actually be profitable. And that means looking at the market as a business and not trying to be cool. Um, and the reason why I'm, I brought that up is because this is an effect of piracy. This mindset is an effect of piracy, which for Stardock, that's fine because they made two awesome games. I have zero negative, no, nothing negative to say about them and Sins of a Solar Empire or Galactic Civilizations too. It worked <sighs> for them. Exactly, for them. Now, on the flip side of that, there are way more developers that <laughs> they can't take that mindset and then make a good game. They make Call of Duty clones. They make, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess, ca- like I was saying, they make cash grabs or things that they think the general population will like to try to, you know, get that money back to sell. So, yeah, they they have the same exact mindset. Um as Stardock, but their execution isn't as good. And I mean, I guess the Stardock is a. Uh, in this case, they they are they are the the minority because most devs or publishers that have that mindset um, aren't going to make you a good game. And that, in my opinion, it, it affects the industry and it's bad for the industry. You know, when you have a bunch of bad games coming out. You know, so that is definitely an effect of piracy on the industry. Whether or not piracy is actually killing the industry, like like really doing it because of numbers, or if it is, that is an effect because of the you know the perception of piracy. Yep. Um, you know, piracy also pushes developers to, I guess, uh, shift the way they develop their games. Like uh, for on PC, for example. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more free-to-play microtransaction games or games that are all online. You know, I mean, look at, uh, oh, you got the new Battlefield for free, Lord of the Rings Online went on for free, you know. Yeah, um, a lot of things switched to that to that model. I mean, some people, there's been rumblings, but there's been rumblings for like a year that like, wow, it's going to go free-to-play, but I don't necessarily see that. I mean, to a certain, maybe at a certain point. Like, I could see it going free-to-play because there's nothing else to put out. And yeah. then they could just microtransaction you. Um, and then you get access to more people. But, I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of things are going to that free-to-play model. And it, when you really think about it, you know, even if you think, think about, you know, the most basic of games, Facebook games, it doesn't matter if somebody pirates Farmville or pirates Mafia Wars because... It's it it barely qualifies as a game in itself, but it's free in the first place, so it doesn't matter if you pirate it. You give it to people, but everything that is really that matters is bought behind the scenes. It doesn't matter if you pirate the game itself with the free to play the game because all the microtransactions are what matter. You know, Vindictus, like all of those, you know, those type of games, like the and CSoft has gone very, um, you know, free to play, but it. But that's because it doesn't eat. Then you just you just give people the game. Go download it. Yeah, go try it. It's basically an extended demo, and eventually, you know, you get enough into the world, and you'll you'll buy into it. Yeah, and th- this is not a saying that this is a bad thing. It's just this this, this is an effect. 
you know, um, I think you might even see more games go completely online. Like, for example, TF2. Who's going to pirate TF2? Nobody, because you have to get online. Uh, how are you going to get online without being legit, you know, with Steam? Yeah, so, you know, games like that where that, that focus on online play uh, is also a way that uh, that developers and publishers are trying to fight piracy, but it is, it is an effect uh, because of piracy. And another effect that, you know, we can probably, we'll probably see on the industry is uh, that, that service that we were stumbling so over. hard to remember, yeah. Yeah, it says <laughs> the, the, the streaming service, it was called Gaikai. Uh, and basically, and I've tried it, and it works really well. Uh, Gaikai allows you to stream games across the internet to your PC directly, like full games. Like I play, I was playing Dead Space Two, and um, you know, I think services like this popping up is an effect of piracy. Well, partially. Another thing about Gaikai or a service like Gaikai on Live is the fact that now you don't have to update your PC hardware which is, is kind of cool. But also, you know, it limits piracy because you have to have yourself a Gaikai account to, you know, get into these games. You know, so now now you have no choice but to be legit. You know, but, you know, services popping up like this is also an, a, an effect of piracy. So, you know, we see there's a lot more to the effects of piracy than just losing money. You know, it affects what games are made, how they're made, delivery systems, what con- con- what, what uh, platforms they're made for. You know, like, there's a lot more developers skipping out on PC because PC probably, oh, well, does have the highest piracy rate. You know, but the huge effect on the industry. But one of, I guess one of the biggest questions is, is piracy really a lost sale? And personally, I think that goes back to the different types of pirates you have. Um, the Minecraft um, creator, the Mine Minecraft, sorry, creator, he says there's no such thing as a lost sale. Um, you know, pirates are gonna pirate, and they're not gonna buy your game. Which haters gonna hate, pirates gonna pirate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's to a degree is true. I mean, like we discussed earlier, you have those people who are just gonna pirate. You know, they're just gonna pirate anyway. Um. You know, you have the people who, uh, for example, like the people who don't have money, who aren't, who don't have the money to buy these games, like at all. Uh, they're gonna pirate, but they didn't have the money to buy it anyway, so that's not a lost sale. Um, somebody who is like a try before you, you know, buy type person, that's a different story. That could actually turn into a sale because they're trying it out, and if it's good, they'll, you know, they'll buy it. That's the only thing that I'll say about that. I was thinking about that earlier, actually. I saved it until now, but. In that respect, and and it's it's a silly way of thinking, but I, I guess that it that technically it is a lost sale because of the fact that that person could try it, you know, there wasn't a demo available, the demo was really short, something along those lines. But they tried, they they pirated the game and try it and realized like this game sucks. That's fifty dollars that the game industry is out because that person didn't go out and buy it, you know, as as they may have you know, done if they didn't have the ability to pirate, if they really were like, well, I really think I want this, and then they go get it because, you know, their friends are talking about it or they read a good review somewhere, and then right. they go get that game. And it's 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 crappy because, I mean, really that's basically the game industry saying, like, oh, it doesn't matter if you didn't like it. Like, we just want the money from it. Right. Um, 
but at the same time, like it's technically a lost sale. But I mean, really, it's that's kind of a, a silly way of looking at the universe. So I like really hope that that's not how they look at it. <laughs> but at the same time, like I'm sure they do. Uh, I'm I'm sure that that's you know it's something somebody that could have bought that game. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. I don't care if six million people buy the game and five million people didn't like it really because six million people bought the game. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. They're like, oh, these guys didn't buy our crappy game. Um, they're pirates. Yeah. You know, they're, they're yeah, piracy you piracy killed our game. Not the fact that it's crappy. Won't see a sequel, but <laughs> they don't care because they made that. You know, they made that money off of those six million sales. Like you know, it's. I mean, look at look at Black Ops. In fact, in that case. Uh, how many people bought that game because of the hype around it from you know stemming from Modern Warfare 2 and then all the people that they know that bought the game and all their friends that like got them to get the game because it's tight. I mean really when you get down to it Call of Duty is a casual crowd kind of game in a way yeah, true. um and uh, uh, what were the sales numbers on that 8 million something like that so, something ridiculous and it, I mean PS3 version was basically unplayable uh so many people that I know of just personally, I would say at least half, if not 75% or more, uh, got Black Ops and within six months were back to Modern Warfare 2 or just not playing Black Ops at all because it wasn't that good. But do you think Activision cares? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Uh, I mean, they they, they, they made their money. So it's kind of a crappy way to think about it, but in a way that person who is getting that game it they can go either way they can be a sale or they can be a law sale to a certain extent i actually have a good example for you and this is like i brought up epic earlier in mm-hmm. their gears 2 you know saying that they're not going to release for pc um they didn't release like i said earlier they really didn't release gears 2 for pc because they said unreal tournament 3 was pirated heavily and it killed a lot of their sales so they blamed the failure of unreal 3 on um piracy on pirates right and the way they did this is by activations. For every failed activation, they counted that as a you know somebody trying to pirate it, as opposed to somebody who just didn't feel like activating their copy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it like every like you know you put the key in incorrectly, it gets you know oh, fails. Right. Yeah. So that's one thing. However, you know, let's say that didn't happen. Oh, wow. let's say it didn't happen at all. And let's say you were absolutely right. Every time there was a failed activation, um, it was it was a pirated copy. Okay. Um, I remember from when I used to pirate games, if key A didn't work, I'd try key B, key C, key D, and continue until I ran out of keys. Or until one worked. You know what I'm saying? Like... You can have 10 activations from one person. You can have 50 activations from one person, and you'll never know the difference. You know? Mm-hmm. So, to, to say, oh, X, because they gave a number. Um, they gave a number. It says X amount of people um, pirated Unreal Tournament 3. And this is why uh, we're not going to release Gears 2. Like, there's no way you can have a, a specific number. You know? There's no way you can have a specific number of people who, who pirated the game. But that's that was their mindset on it. And therefore, PC gamers lost out on Gears 2, which is okay, because guys, you didn't miss much. But the, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that thing you Call a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 
you know, it's just, they, like, you know, and they're not the only developer who thinks like that or publisher who thinks like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if, well, actually, I think we already know that the numbers of piracy destroying game sales and stuff like that is over-exaggerated. Okay. Um, but the last type of person that we had talked about were the people who have the money to buy. And they will buy as long as they can't get it for free. Like, if they can't get a free copy of Crisis 2, like, if they can't find a downloadable, a good downloadable version of it, then, then yeah, they'll buy it. And their mindset is, well, why buy it when I can get it for free? You know, and I have... And they're our favorite uh, kind of people because uh, you're the reason that they think the piracy is killing the game industry. <laughs> exactly. Like, I have... So those people are lost sales, I would definitely say. Um, and I have such a... I, I hate those type of pirates. I am casting judgment on you. Feel my judgment cast above you right now because I I hate when people talk about it like that. I'll talk to pirates. I'll talk piracy with people. No problem. And I, I've talked to people who uh, didn't, you know, I bought it, but I had the money, or I, I don't want to try it out. Like, okay, whatever. That that's your thing. I don't do that, but that's your thing. But people who have the money to buy these things and are just like cheap and don't want to buy it because oh yeah, I can get it for free. I'm like, okay, asshole. Why don't you go to work, do your work, and then at the end of the, you know, whenever you get your paycheck, your boss is like, eh, no. You know, how do you feel about that? Yeah. It's the same right. thing, and even better than that. I mean, I mean, that's that's a nice, I, that's a that's a pretty good analogy, actually. But I mean, it that shows no love for the that shows no love for the game industry at all. Like, you don't have to like be in love with the gaming industry, but like, in order to support something, like you have to kind of give a crap about it. You go out and you buy a musician CD because you like the band. You you know. You, you go out and watch a movie because you you like the movie or you like who made the movie or you like who's in the movie. It, you buy video games because you like video games because you like the the developer of the game because you like the series. If you literally don't buy anything except maybe the system and and even that's questionable with somebody who has that kind of a mindset. Um, why are you playing video games? You, you know, like really, like you're you're not you're just there. You know, like you're just taking up space. Get get out. Get out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you're not helping. Crap, or get off the pot. You know, yeah. like you 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 have no place because you've literally already said everything that needs to be said, which is that you don't care. You you don't give a crap about games one way or the other. You just care that you can get it for free. You're the problem. <laughs> you if you don't care, then why are you playing games? But if you do care, then why don't you ever buy anything? Exactly. Just because you like... It doesn't matter how much you like the game. You know what I'm saying? The developer can't take how much you like it and take it to a grocery store. They can't pay their utilities with it. Yeah, they can't feed their kids. <laughs> they can't keep their studio open. They can't, you know, like, they can't pay their bills like you need to pay your bills. I mean, it's it really is the same thing. I mean, if you're somebody who works for Comcast and you lose your job going and setting up cable services because everybody's, you know, pirating cable... Like, how does that make you feel? You oh, yeah, know, you, they, <laughs> they really like the service, but, you know, I don't have any money. Not enough to pay for it. Yeah, I don't have any money, but, you know, you like cable, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it doesn't work that way, yeah, you know? It, 
the praise is not enough. You know, when people take to the forums and complain about a game, and I mean, it's the internet, it's anonymous, but I mean, you know, there's at least some percentage of people out there that are that mindset that like, I don't, I don't really care about it unless it's free. Um, or if they can get it for free, they'll play it. And that's the only reason that they play anything. Or what if that person doesn't like a game? All of a sudden, your opinion counts as much as mine, but you don't care in the first place. You pirated the game and you didn't give a crap about it. You know, you 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 don't even care about games, period, much less felt the need to buy the game. But yet your opinion counts as much as mine. And you tell me how that makes sense. Do You tell me how the next game that comes out may, may be reflective of the fact that, you know, a group of people who pirated a game, you know, crowd loudly, like, you know, loudly enough that, they didn't like certain things that happened in the game or they didn't like, you know, certain aspects or features of it that maybe I love. And why should your opinion count more than mine when I bought it and you didn't? I don't like I don't know. That's that's kinda how I like how I feel about it a little bit. Because <laughs> your opinion rough. shouldn't count as much as mine. I really like you 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 have no say. You you're a pirate. You don't have a say. Exactly. And the stupid part is that you could have a legitimate say because you've had the ability to buy the game and just chose not to. I don't like. I'm I'm kind of the same way as, as you know, as you already said that if it's somebody who says you know like 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 you said, I'll talk I'll talk about piracy with somebody. I used to work at you know I used to work at GameStop. I used to work at a video game store. I used you know you, that comes up. There's people who who literally you know hack their Xbox to pirate games for no other reason than because they can. They don't ever intend to ever buy anything else after they get that system modded. They're those people. They're those people who it, who have the ability to purchase games, but they choose not to because why do it if you can get it for free? You can just burn stuff to a DVD and play it on Xbox. I mean, eventually Xbox, you know, Microsoft cracked out on that, but I, those are those types of people. But those are the same people who buy quote unquote every call of duty or every other you know every other game that's out there because they don't have any limitations so why should that person's opinion count as much as mine when it comes to what goes on you know when when they're looking at you know the the community of a game and saying well what was liked what wasn't liked pirates shouldn't count (laughs) and it's kind of and, and unfortunately the one thing is it's kind of hard to tell um for the most part, like, you know, who is the pirate and who isn't, you know, it's easy to say, like, well, your opinion shouldn't count because you're pirating, but at the same time, it, you can't really tell, you know, because of the anonymity of the internet, really, and you take to a forum where you write a letter to somebody, you can't really say. <laughs> so, I don't know. Rob Hill Williams on his feelings and piracy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I got strong feeling. I got strong feelings about people who who choose to buy. You know, who choose not to buy something, and they have the ability to, and they just they just they literally just choose not to. Because if you if you feel that what what's the word ambivalent towards it, yeah, then don't don't bother. Just don't bother playing. You don't you don't you don't care enough either way. I mean, like, yeah, I I kind of. I, I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about how much money I spend on games a year because it's pro- it's a lot of money. I'm I'm one of those power buyers that you mentioned, <laughs> and I try not to think about it. But like you know, it, it's it's what I choose to do. It's my hobby. Um, you know, outside of you know just 
going to work and paying bills and doing all the normal boring stuff that every adult does video games are like you know a little refuge a little you know the that's that's you know some people they build the car some people they go out and travel somewhere i play video games you know and as much money as i may spend on that um as much money as i may spend on the games I, at the same time that's my choice if you, but like, I feel strongly enough about games that I'll buy them. If I didn't, I wouldn't buy games. <laughs> so if you don't, if you feel so not strongly enough that you don't want to buy a game, but you'll play it if it's free, don't buy games. Don't don't even pirate games. Don't even bother to buy a system because you're not a gamer. You don't you don't count. Yeah, you're not helping. And I've I've the response I've heard from some people like that is that well, it's not stealing because you know it's just a copy of a game, and I, just, I, I thought this was common knowledge, and I had to explain several times to people that you, when you buy a game, you are not paying for that disc, you're not paying for the DVD, you are not paying for the game itself. You're not even paying to own the game. What you're paying for is a license to the game, just like software like Photoshop and Microsoft Office. You're paying for the license. You're paying for the license to play, to be able to play that game. And if you're not paying for it, you shouldn't be playing it. As simple as that. Basically. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and the funny thing is that that was one of the things the Minecraft creator said, um, that, you know, it's when it, it's not a lost sale because you're copying a game and it's just a copy. That's not a lost sale. But it is. Because that copy of, a, of that game is that it's not a license. You know, that's not an official license to, to play that game. You know that's that's why it is a law sale. It is it is theft. <laughs> you know they, there are certain people you know that they never intended to buy that game in the first place. Like we've like we've been talking about at length. <laughs> but um, but they that is still a law sale. I mean like well there those aren't particularly a law sale necessarily. But those people who who pirate it and have the ability to purchase games and just don't like they they are a loss. You know, yeah. They they could not be a loss, but. You know, and at the same time, the the guy made a good point in the fact that, like, I, I disagree with the, you know, like like you do, I disagree with the the fact that there is no law sale because there are there are things that are law sales. Um, the same way that we already mentioned the, you know, somebody who tries a game before they buy it and they don't like it, that's a law sale because now they're not going to buy that game because they had the the opportunity to try it. Um, but on the other hand, he did say that you should focus less on worrying about the pirates because, you know, those if they weren't going to buy the game, they weren't going to buy it anyway, and worry more about giving people reasons to buy games. And, like, I agree with the the mindset of that, I guess. Not so much necessarily, like, you know, exactly what he's saying as far as there not being a, a lost sale, but that the game industry has to try something different. You don't you don't try and make games more restrictive. You don't try and like lock down everything at DRM. You give people give people reasons to buy your games. Which yeah. I which that aspect I agree of it with it of. I do actually agree with that. Like the developers and publishers should definitely be focusing on the people who are gonna buy the games and making it more valuable for them to perhaps make it so that more people will buy it. Yeah, you so know, as a, people who are on the fence who who buy games but are on the fence about whether or not they right. want to buy your game. So wait those people. For the most part, pirates are gonna pirate, you know, like we just like we just said. <laughs> <laughs> pirates gonna pirate. <laughs> but uh you know two out of the three that I mentioned 
are going to pirate anyway. The people who can get who can get it for free, and then the people who can't afford it. The people who like to try before they buy, eh, maybe it's fifty fifty. But two out of the three groups that we mentioned are going to pirate anyway. Stop worrying about them, you know, and make and, and make a good game. Um, I guess <laughs> one of the biggest questions is: Can piracy be ended? And I think that's a big fat no. No, <laughs> you know? no, it's and for the same reasons we've already mentioned, there are always going to be people out there who have the ability and the will to to you know circumvent the rules that are in place in order to you know get some obtain something illegally. And then once that per all it takes is one person really to do it. I mean, look at what's his face, uh, George Holtz, um, or Hotz, I guess his yeah, name is. Hots. Um, I mean, he he did it with. DS, he did it with PC games, did it with PS3, which effectively was the, I guess, the end of that story, more or less. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, like, but it, but at the same time, it was already out there. Uh, I, I mean, once he got that, once he threw the code out there for PS3, all it takes is one person to crack, you know, something, uh, one person to pirate something, and then it's out there. And as long as there's that person with that will to do that because and it's funny because the people who figure out how to pirate stuff half the time aren't people who even really care about playing games or care about games in general they do it because they can it's the same reason that you know hackers do stuff um they they do it because they can because it's a challenge and they don't really care what happened they don't care what the after effects are of them doing it they just do it because they can and it's kind of the same thing with piracy, I think, to a certain extent, because a lot of people who figure out how to pirate stuff, they're not really looking for much of anything out of it except the challenge of doing it. So once it's out there, they give it to a friend, and it's like, hey, you know, you can pirate that game. I mean, like, some people turn it into a business or whatever, but, um, the, you know, those people, like, once it's out there, they, you're not going to be able to stop piracy as long as there's somebody who has the ability and will to do like to to figure out how to pirate it in the first place because there will always be somebody who wants something for free and feels like they deserve it because they feel entitled because they can't afford it whatever the reason is you can't really stop piracy as long as you have people who are technically able <laughs> to do it yeah so somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna pirate. i mean they try to deter it but even that like as we talk about with drm has hurt the legit people or the legit buyers more than the actual pirates. So, I mean, I'm not saying that the developers or the publishers should shouldn't try to stop it at all. I think it should just go about it a different way. Well, you know? In fact, what's it say? Um, and, and and I mean, it's the same idea though. It's there was a recently it was a prank actually. I guess really more than anything. Um, Are you talking about Gary's mod? Yes. Yes. Uh, Gary's mod on Steam. He. I mean, he, he's of the mindset that you're not really going to stop a pirate because people are going to pirate anyway. But he basically played like a very big practical joke on people who pirated his game. Um, he asked if somebody, if, if anybody was having trouble with shading polygon normals, which sounds like, you know, maybe that's a bug or an error or something along those lines that you might have in the course of playing a game. And you're like, oh my God, they noticed. I'm going to totally get my game fixed. Well, it turns out that the hundreds and hundreds of people that responded to that got permabanned right off the bat because that was actually something he coded into the game to only affect people who pirated it. Nobody who legit bought the game was affected by the by that that I guess quirk or that that fix that he put into it. But 
anybody who pirated it would have gotten that error message. So uh, immediately caught hundreds of people, you know. And of course, it doesn't fix anybody. It doesn't fix everything. It doesn't fix people who didn't respond. It didn't. It doesn't fix people who, you know, who got around it. It's a quick fix, even according to, um, you know, the guy who made the game. But at the same time, it was. It, it was creative. You don't see a big publisher doing that. You see them putting DRM on things. You know, I think that was a pretty cool aspect. And like, if you get creative like that, I can't even get mad. <laughs> you trying to, you know, at you trying to do stuff like that of that nature. So I think that's pretty good. But otherwise, you know, restrictive DRM things of that nature, you're not gonna not gonna stop anything. Definitely not. Um, so we're going to wrap this up here. I, I told you we tried to get within a half hour, but we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we're such terrible liars. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, basically, uh, the, the the main gist that we, I guess we want to get across from this podcast is that piracy does matter. You know, piracy does affect the industry and not not just in sales, and may not even, let's say it doesn't even affect sales as much as the publishers want you to think it does, but it affects um, the type of games that come out, like we discussed, uh, the platforms that the games come out, um, the the restrictions that are put onto the games, the, the hassles that the legit users have to go through. Um, it affects all types of things that affects the gaming industry, so it definitely is a huge force in gaming itself. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that piracy is good, piracy is bad, because we mentioned um, positive and negatives for both sides. You know. Uh, but, you know, that's that, that's basically it. Is that, like, you know, don't think that piracy doesn't make a difference. You know, you might want to think about think about it the next time, you know, you go to pirate a game. Like, how how is this going to affect, you know, the people who made the game? And, uh, you may not care. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't care, then you don't care. But exactly. at the same time, at least you know there's there are people who run around thinking that piracy is perfectly okay because you know somebody else does it, I can do it, it's okay. And you know, in that respect, like at least be aware of the fact that you it has an effect. You know, it's it isn't cause you know they they estimated what nine billion dollars. I think it was in two thousand seven. That was the most recent figure I could get um, for the software entertainment industry yeah. um, for a loss of sales from piracy. It's probably skewed. You know, like it, you know, and for a lot of the reasons that we already mentioned, because of the way that you know certain things are reported, things of that nature. But at the same time, like you do have a very base effect on what type of games get made how like how restrictive games are the things that you know we've already mentioned basically so at least be aware that there's an effect from piracy yeah there is definitely an effect from piracy um so that's gonna wrap this one up like we said it's a concept podcast i know it's kind of all over the place um but that's why we are presenting it to you this way so please and uncut raw and uncut (laughs) yes so please we please i mean more so than any other podcast we really appreciate your feedback, um, whether you put it on Facebook, you put it on directly on the site, you put it on Twitter. Definitely let us know what you thought. Um, you think we should continue doing these? You know, of course, everyone's not going to be about piracy. 
<laughs> but um, you know, we should continue doing podcasts like this. Uh, should we stop because we're horrible at it? Maybe <laughs> you have some suggestions that you know you, you know you think we might want to go through. Uh, you don't need to suggest that it needs to be a half hour because we already know <laughs> we're working on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, just we'll definitely. We'll yeah. work on talking like the micro machines guy the next time, and we'll just be we'll be done in like. Five minutes would be awesome. Yeah, you know, we just kind of get carried away with these topics because you know it, it means a lot to us. Um, but yeah, definitely hit us up, mashthosebuttons.com, twitter.com/mtb site, uh, facebook.com/mashthosebuttons, and uh, I think we're done. We're done, Rob. We're done. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>